standardizing stuff is a fundamental way to reduce chaos. Welcome to the Chapin Commute. This episode, I am talking to a longtime peer group uh, member of mine, Dave Crumrine. Dave is also a friend and expert on the issue of industrialized construction, uh, sometimes called prefab by others. And uh, he'll get more into explaining the difference of those two uh, concepts in his talk. Welcome, Dave Crumrine, longtime peer group member with me. And uh, so uh, I am very grateful to Dave and Interstates for all the information that I have uh, been bestowed uh, on me from them over the years. I will let Dave introduce himself and kind of talk about his role at Interstates. Sure. Um, so I'm Dave Crumrine. Uh Historically, I've been the president of the construction element of interstates, and we have an engineering element and a factory uh, automation element and some other newer technology elements. But I'm the construction guy and really have a love for that and have done that for many years. Um, I've been here 25 years now, and before that, did some work in general contracting. So I think you're being gratuitous from all the things you've learned from me, because I think I probably learned more from Wilmer and the other members in the peer group. It's been an awesome, there aren't many things I give up that much time for consistently over that many years. And that's an indication of uh, kind of the value I've gotten out of that. Yeah. It's a good group that really serves to, to hold each other accountable is probably too strong, but to ask each other tough questions has been really good over the years. And still, you know, we're, we're friends as we go about it. It is the Chapin Commute is the name of the podcast. So I always like to start off by asking people about their commute. Um, you might give me a really interesting answer um, when I say, how far is your commute? Yeah, so my commute is either six minutes or 90 minutes. I reside in a couple places currently. I'm kind of in a life transition, but uh, when I'm in Sioux Center, Iowa, I live six minutes with a very small town and boom, I'm at the office. Or uh, when I'm not there, it's about 90 minutes. And honestly, that 90 minutes is a very thoughtful time for me. I appreciate that 90 minutes a lot of times, so... All right. You are a South Dakotan by upbringing, and you have recently moved back to South Dakota, right? That's correct. Yep. All right. What do you use to make that commute? I have a pickup uh, F-150 that has uh, served me quite well. But, um, yeah, it's nice and simple and goes down the road and keeps me out of the ditch and snowy conditions. So. Well, and the part of the world that you're driving through there in Northwest Iowa, uh, out of the ditch is important because if it snows one day, that might be uh, a blizzard for the next seven days as it goes from one side of the road to the other side of the road, back to the other side of the road. So Sarah and I can certainly relate because that is the West Central Minnesota issue as well. So, All right. Well, we, we asked you to be on here and talk about something that you term as industrialized construction. So in that, when you hear industrialized construction, what do you think of? In the last several years, I've thought of 
probably the single biggest opportunity for our industry to kind of get its act together. Many other industries have been industrialized over time. I mean, the listeners will, you know, auto manufacturing used to be a car to time in one garage. And then, you know, Henry Ford industrialized that. We've seen the industrialization of retail sales. It's called e-commerce or uh, internet shopping. We've seen farming industrialized, but we haven't seen construction get industrialized. And I think it's the foundational reason that our industry has suffered, struggling to get a better safety record, struggling to improve its productivity, struggling to attract workers. So I I think it is kind of foundational in that we haven't got our act together to be more process driven and to repeatedly do the same things. Uh, When everything is a project and everything is custom and everything is make it up in the morning because it's all going to change by afternoon, all we can do is, is struggle through and rely on great people. And thank goodness we have some great people, but our great people's ability to win the big game is at its end. Our industry has gotten so complex and so fragmented that good people aren't enough. They need to have some process behind them. They need to have a way. Uh, At Interstates, when we try to industrialize, we're starting to talk about the Interstates way of doing certain things so that we can repeatedly do it, so that we can provide automation and computer tools and hand tools and even trained apprentices that understand the way so that they can consistently learn and help. So that's a long-winded answer. And obviously I get all revved up about this stuff, but um, I really think there's huge potential here. Well, you do get all revved up. That's why we're, that's why we're talking today. It's, it's, it's a fascinating topic. Now I said industrialized construction. I did not say prefab. What's the difference? When I talk about industrialized construction, I I talk about the whole wide breadth of improving our industry by making it industrialized. In other words, it needs to have a process. And those, those processes can be anything from, hey, have a methodology for determining what your prefab can be and repeatedly do that on every job so everybody does it um, and can be successful with it. In our world, prefab is all custom and essentially it needs to be drawn and and match the job, often needs to be approved and then built in a shop custom-wise. In in our attempt to industrialize, and and frankly, others uh, in our industry, we have started to standardize things we fabricate and use. And we call those things products. And they have a universal nature to them so that they can be um, not drawn and not approved. They just get used a lot like something we pull from the wholesale house, right? In our case, we have a standardized little metal stand that we use to run conduit to motors in industrial facilities. Well, there's probably 500 ways to build that when you ask 
500 tradesmen, we have developed one way that we want to use around one product and it's very standardized. It has a very certain cost. It isn't whatever it costs today. It's this thing costs $35.50 and it can be available in as little as five days to our field forces. And there's a standard set of instructions on how to use that thing. We've removed all the chaos, all the variability around using that product by saying, this is the way we're going to do it. And this is the uh, product we're going to do it with. And so when we talk about products, that's more what you might hear in industrialized construction. What impact, you know, you guys do a lot of with agile, agile construction. You know, we talk about lean and and those two things kind of go back and forth. They're not exactly the same thing. They're similar. They run parallel to each other, at least. How does Agile tie into industrialized construction? It, it ties in a lot because we're really talking in Agile, you kind of have work packages. And those work packages are well-defined, but you respond to the environment by bringing the right work package forward at the right time. And using the right methodology to, to store your materials and to mobilize your materials around the site. Industrialized construction fits right into that because it needs to be a standard process. And the products, when they're built with some universality in them, everybody knows what to expect. They're easier to stock, to mobilize, to use. And so I would consider lean, agile, and industrialized construction to be mutually reinforcing ideas, not exclusionary, you know, one's better than the other uh, start here. I would consider them mutually reinforcing. I always thought on the, on agile, one of the, the, the keys, and maybe this, and I'm nowhere near expert on it, uh, but it's it's about communication. It's about getting the people that per, that are part of the inputs together and communicating in non-crisis environments. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a schedule. It's, um, it's forethought on, on doing those things. Whereas construction, construction, non-agile construction and, and non-lean construction, communication happens when the crisis erupts. Uh, we're, um, it's time to, you know, something's in the way. We need to react. So we're going to talk, you know, we're going to notify you that you got the job when it's past time to show up on the job site, you know, and uh, we're going to change our minds after you've started with another system. That's unfortunately, and maybe that's what you're talking about with, with typical construction and the chaos part of it. Um, industrialized construction means you have to talk before there's a crisis. Right. Now, of course, it can help you out of a crisis, but. Well, and d depending on how you were, you know, educated or brought up into agile or lean, and and I'm not an expert in any of that stuff either. Um, the ability to react to a changing environment is fairly important in construction. Um, what historically has happened is everybody just says, "Well, we can't plan, so we're not going to plan. We'll just take it." an hour at a time or a day at a time. When you are forced or have a system that says, we're going to determine up front our standard parts, we're going to determine up front what we want to fabricate and, and basically hold those 
ideas, whatever it's the schedule or the dimensions or whatever, we're going to hold those. That removes chaos from the system, not all of the chaos, but as I sell this to field leaders and project managers at interstates, I, I keep telling them, listen, there's plenty of chaos in the world. We're not going to solve it all. We have to control the chaos we're bringing to ourselves. And, and I would make the point that when we try to customize everything, we're just increasing the chaos level for all of our people standardizing stuff is a fundamental way to reduce chaos. I, I give them examples of farming. I say, do the farmers sit down at the beginning of the season in the county and all decide if we should change the row width on our planters? No, there's a standardized row width. They're out using it. All the tables are built around it. The seed corn is pre-measured around it. All those things can be empowered by a standard. So let's us set our standards and reduce the chaos we can control. And then we'll have more bandwidth to help others around us control their chaos, which we'll benefit from too eventually, right? So my question is, is what is the biggest challenge with industrial construction when you're teaching this to new apprentices? Yeah, so recently I've just completed our yearly training of foremen, superintendents, down all the way to crew leaders, which are journeymen mostly. Biggest idea that we have to get across is that they've all been brought up in the craft. They know nothing different. Um, they learn from a journeyman. It's been passed down. Um, their skill at making it up and surviving every day is the experience they're so proud of. And so they resist standardizing. They don't want to, they hear these ideas and they say, I don't want to be turned into a robot. And I said, ho, ho, ho. You know, we, we talk about some examples. One of my favorite ones is I point to the outlet on the wall in the room we're doing training in. And I say, did the electricians that rough that in have a debate about how high that outlet is? And they say, well, obviously not. That would be dumb. And I said, do they have a choice to put that anywhere they want? Well, yeah, they could put it in. Why did they put it at 18 inches? Well, it's a standard. Well, why do we have a standard? So we don't have to talk about silly stuff that doesn't matter. And then we can spend our time talking about stuff that matters. And they start getting it that I give them other examples in their day-to-day -day lives where they have little systems like putting their car keys in the same spot every day so they don't have to spend 15 extra minutes looking for car keys. These are just coping skills. Right. I mean, our, and our set screw connectors come with the screws already on them and the, and the receptacle comes with the screws already on the back. And, and some of those things that, you know, we just as, as, as you go about the course of it is, yeah, well, of course they do. Well, they don't have to. We, we could assemble more of the uh, receptacle before we put it in the wall. But we, we've come to a standard at which um, we believe, which, of course, you and I take it further than what it is even get it out of the box um, when it comes from the from the manufacturer. So. Um, Sarah is a different generation than us. I'm not going to call us old because we're not. 
Um, but Sarah has a uh, younger. How, how does generation uh, come into play on this uh, topic? Um, for me, I, I can tap into the new generation, it seems more easily because I use Uber as an example of a process. And they say, oh, yeah, we do that all the time. That's not hard. And um, they aren't concerned about the technology and they take a fair amount of stuff for granted that just happens because of good systems in their their lives or technology. And so I find the younger generation way more open. Now, they're also, they don't have 40 years invested in their ego of being a tradesperson, making it up every day, right? So they're locked in less, okay? Um, but I, I find even some of those old dogs are wore out on the status quo of chaos every day. And most of them would tell me that the last 10 years have been even more chaotic. It seems like if, if you follow the cycle of addiction, we're getting closer at hitting the bottom. You know, we've fragmented the industry into so many trades. We've every single element has all this variability and, and, Frankly, we dump that all on the head of the poor people trying to get it done in the field. And we need to start reducing the variability that they have to live with. It's stressful. It, it makes them unsuccessful. It's dissatisfying. It's, you know, we're struggling to attract and retain employees, right, as an industry. And this, this kind of an idea can lead to better employee engagement. It's funner to do this work. Um, and so this thing touches so many elements that it's kind of hard to just focus in on one thing. I mean, we love our productivity, right? We love our cost savings, but this thing goes all over into employee satisfaction and more certainty for our clients that we can really get it done on time and, and those kind of things. Well, you, you talk about safety. I mean, obviously, safety's first. We don't come up with a new way that's less safe um, and, and go to do that. So obviously, every new idea goes through that filter of, does this um, keep the status quo for safety or improve it? It's got to do one of those two things or it's not moving. But obviously, a controlled environment, more work in a controlled environment should improve um, Right. Um, safety but then you touch on the second thing I, that i think has the, the second part of it needs to be uh, in, enjoyment fun whatever that is it's just simply um more energizing to work in an environment where the the um, improvement is encouraged and the chance to um you still get to think but you get to think about different things and higher level thinking in, in my book yeah i mean um we talk about setting, you know, their intellect and curiosity free, you know, go work on a real problem, not a problem that somebody in your own organization caused you, right? And Do you think, is there somebody you think of when, when this comes up that it, in your past that has, has been a mentor to you or or who who in the topic of industrialized construction be, is the name come to bell to, for in your life? Yeah, you know, that's a tough one. I I don't have anybody long term that that this has come from. I would say that 
some of the early kind of senior project managers that I grew up under. There was one of them, Kurt Wagner's his name, and he would not settle for, hey, this is just the way we do it. He'd always try to find out a better way. And I I think I kind of took that and I've been doing that for a long time in my career. And it's kind of what gets me up in the morning is finding a better way. And, and that can be small and that can be big. This would fall under the big category, but just finding a better way because, you know, our industry's track record is not wonderful when it comes to productivity, safety, inflation, all those things. And, and so there is a lot of room to be better. Yeah. Well, it, it definitely fixed some of the barriers to entry that, that people um, don't like. They, it, it, it standardizes um, where you're coming and going from and the environment in which you get to work in. And those are some of the things in addition to the, the reputation of an unsafe, unclean environment that keep people away from construction and the the less we can do on a project site um, the the better our project sites become and also those other variables we can take those away ultimately obviously I remember during the pandemic we'd always talk to people yeah you could send some of our people home to work in their living rooms but you can't install the light fixtures at the dining hall that you're building in your own living room I mean, you could, but, but then it wouldn't do any productive for getting the job done. You know, <laughs> if you have to erect a steel building, you have to be on the site where that steel building is being erected. And that might be part of the primary problem, David, is the reason our industry hasn't been industrialized is a lot of people that manage it and lead it and make the bigger decisions, kind of the platform decisions of how we're going to do stuff aren't on those jobs. We, we delegate and, and let all that stuff happen. And, you know, for many years we've said, well, a qualified journeyman can, you know, figure that out in the field. Um, I'm not saying that qualified journeyman can't figure it out, but it's unfair to make them figure it out every single time with a new crew and a new job and a new product and a new set of chaos around them. Um, to some extent, that's kind of a cop-out of management because a lot of this industrialized construction stuff, you know, whether you're talking about prefabrication or whether you're talking about products, the company's got to invest and build a bit of that platform to make it work. It just doesn't work on a project or with a crew. And, and so... Uh, it takes leadership to to make some of these things happen. Well, I think that the younger generations are going to help us toward this. And I think it really from, from two different ways. Uh, one of them is, is you don't have to convince your typical millennial or, or Gen Z person to work smarter, not harder. They they just naturally, that that's a generational thing to them is, that, yeah, we should work smarter, not harder. And, and the other one is, is, you know, at least at Warm Magic, we've been at this for 103 years. I mean, they look at you and said, you guys have been at this for 103 years. Why haven't you figured more of it out? You know, why, why does everything have to be new all the time? I don't, I, I don't, you know, tell me what to do and, and show me what to do and I'll do it. And I'll, and I'll work with you on that and, and ask you smart questions about things as it goes on. But in 103 years, you should have figured some things out. Am I right? 
Yeah. And we get a little of that too. We, we haven't been around that long, but um, I think this new generation, this both the one that just entered and the one that's going to enter the workforce here soon is very much wanting the instruction, wanting the help. Um, and, and it is generational. Maybe we just need to stop there instead of digging in. Well, you've told us why it's important to you. I'll, I'll end with this question. What, what, would you, what would your advice be to someone to uh, push us more in this direction? What, what, what action can I take to, um, to improve myself in industrialized construction? So there's, there's probably a couple of things. I think learning is a big thing out of the gate. There's actually a, a couple of books started out there in industrialized construction, but there is a conference called Advancing Prefab, and, and they've been trying to get rid of the prefab term, but from a marketing standpoint, that's how they get people in the door. Um, but they, they spend most of their time talking about industrialized construction. Um, there is also a, a, a woman that works for Autodesk that has been kind of championing this, and her name's Amy Marks. You can find her on LinkedIn, and um, uh, she's got some really nice short videos, some regular uh, podcasts and things like that that just talk about the big ideas of industrialized construction. And then you got to decide what you're going to try. I would say if you're doing some prefab now, you might have to put some processes around your prefab and then see if that helps you. One of the things we learned uh, even on prefab is on a simple hanger like a strut trapeze, if we do that the way we used to do it, just you know, good methodology and put it up in the field the good old-fashioned way, Compared to uh, doing it in a standard way in the shop, standard manufacturing, and then a standard set of instructions for erecting it, and then skip some of the drafting and review and approvals that kind of prefab might have in it, there's a 50% hour savings in a simple hanger. And so it adds up quick. But you got to go to that effort and then you got to do the change management to convince people it is a better way. And once they experience it, it picks up momentum quickly. All righty. Well, that is great advice. I thank you very much for all your time. You're very generous with it. You certainly know the topic. And um, uh, Sarah and I and the rest of the listeners appreciate hearing from you. Well, good. I appreciated being here and and. You know, if somebody wants to reach out, I'm on LinkedIn too. I am trying to build a very active network so that I can learn from various people because this is not an electrical deal. This works. We're probably learning more from shipbuilders and things like that than we are from other electrical contractors. So think about it that way too. Where's your outreach? All right. Well, you are a very smart man who believes that you have a lot to learn from other people, which is probably why you're so smart. It was great to hear from Dave about industrialized construction. Um, he is very passionate about it as he goes uh, through defining it and explaining it. He has been working on that for years. Um, I think it is inevitable that we move towards more 
prefab and industrialized construction. We see it in more and more of the different elements of our industry. And Dave is truly a leader in it and an expert. He Those conferences that he talks about have him come and speak and demonstrate because he is an expert. Yeah, he made a good point of his story about the journeyman um, saying, like, did you argue about where you're going to put that outlet? And um, they're like, no. And it's like standardization is a way to make sure that you're not just like talking about the silly little things. Great insight from Dave. And uh, we appreciate his joining us today. 